Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskowspo. Oh, well, guys, um, I, it, it was like, yes, Northwestern lost in, in the round of 32, but like, it was an awesome weekend of basketball. And, oh, yeah. you know, they, they took care of Boise State, like, in a real and significant way, even with some flaws, they came back against UCLA, who was, who was a very, very good team. They controlled the offensive boards. I, I think, you know, the the biggest issue, I think, was the fact that, you know, UCLA could just run up and down the floor. They, their fast break points, I mean, that was the difference in the game, was UCLA's fast break points. Like, everything else, I mean, Northwestern played so well this entire weekend. I'm just, you know, getting ahead of myself. I'm just, you know, still trying to process. No, like, no. It, it was awesome. It was really, really great. No, that is the story. And I don't think you're getting ahead of yourself at all. Because, yes, there are the ins and outs of these games. But the lar- the larger issue is the important issue, right? And I know there's a whole separate discussion that we'll have about what this season is and what this season was. But you're you're absolutely right that the, the takeaway was the weekend. And I, I was thinking a lot about not just like the tournament for any team, but, you know, the World Cup and the way that these things have in common, right? Where it's like, only one team at the end of the day gets the the ending that they really want, right? And everybody else has to settle for something else. And I think my that's part of the reason, particularly with Northwestern, that I think so much of us, so many of us, were like, it's about getting the bid, right? It's about getting the bid and everything else is, is kind of house money. But there's that other piece of it, too, that I think is specific to this team, where we've we're all so intimately familiar with this team at this point right i mean this is a team right where more more northwestern fans have seen this team live than any northwestern team ever right i mean you can just the attendance numbers speak for themselves right people are intimately familiar with the highs and lows of the journey we've all gone on with this team and we're all familiar with the fact that this team, especially down the stretch, was capable of just forgetting how to shoot, right? And that these just brutal games where no one could hit anything, and like that was the thing. And I think there was a feeling in all of us that's like, look, at the end of the day, we're going out at some point. We would, of course, love to make the Sweet 16, love to to do whatever, but we want to go out the right way. And none of us want to be in a situation where it's like these guys didn't deserve to have the final game or the final series of games or whatever remembered for poor shooting performances and they weren't we got the very best and they were just hot shooting against Boise and then against UCLA you're absolutely right Sam the feeling was UCLA is a great team they're a team that gets up and down the court unbelievably well they play great defense and we threw our best at them and ultimately, this team is going to go out with their head held very, very high. And I think that's that's the best thing we could have asked for. My observation on, on Sunday was that it was just a heroic effort. I mean, like, whether they were shooting well or not, um, it's just a heroic effort from this team. Uh, both, both games, 
they represented Northwestern exceedingly well. Um, I thought uh, uh, there was was an excellent trend on uh, uh, excellent thread on Twitter talking about how, you know, these guys came into the season with, you know, nobody expected anything of them. And frankly, everyone expected them to fail. That's what their expectation was coming into the season. And they grabbed the narrative and put it in, in, in the polar opposite direction. But at the end of it, after that loss, it wasn't, man, it's been a great ride. Like we just, you know, just wanted to pull this, like to take this as long as we could. Like you heard Collins and Boo and Adij talking about, gosh, we're so close in that game. And, and here's the stuff we could have done better. I mean, they just like this team had a will and a, and a, and a energy and an intensity that was in my time as a Northwestern basketball fan unmatched. And it was just an absolutely glorious thing to behold. Yeah. At, at no point did I ever feel we did not belong on the floor with UCLA. Yeah. You know, like no. they, there were plenty of games in the, in the first two rounds of the tournament where it's like, this team does has no business being on the floor with this other team. You know, they, you know, teams getting just blown out of the water. We, we played with UCLA the entire time. Yeah. We were down 10 at halftime, but coming back in the second half, you know, Chase Audis just getting white hot and just hitting everything that, that moved, bringing it back to a tie, a tie game with like under 10 minutes to go. And yeah, it, it kind of got away you know, from us at the end when they couldn't miss a free throw. Um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to inch back in when the other team is not missing free throws. You know, you put them on the line and they're scoring it doesn't matter. So like you need the team to miss a free throw or two, if you're trying to get back into the game via fouling, but like we deserve to be there and we looked good and it was really, really exciting. And you have the team collectively, but then every guy you look across both games, it's, you know, we play eight guys and every one of those guys had big moments on big stages, right? You mentioned Adij just white hot and it's it's the kind of thing too where I love that there's a certain poetry and and I know it's easy as a Northwestern fan even as filled with love for Adidas we are to roll our eyes a little bit at this but there's a certain poetry that a guy who was cold for such large stretches of the season will be remembered for when he got hot at the end of the Purdue game and when he got hot at the end of the UCLA game and I just love that because it's so deserved for a guy whose defensive contributions were so titanic. And then, I mean, Boo is, everyone had like, I mean, Boo, yes, did he have tough sledding in the second game? Yes, but that's because one of the best defensive teams in the country was gearing everything around him. And I mean, we mentioned on Twitter, they were talking about, you know, they've they've been able to take away Boo's ability to go right. And, you know, that's what you got to do. And I'm like, that's what you got to do. Like, what are you talking about? Like, if that's all, if, if it's that simple, everyone would have done it this season, <laughs> and he wouldn't have been first team all Big Ten. And that's the thing. And it's like, UCLA is just really, really good. And Chase picking up the load. But I mean, we talked about Matt Nicholson. Matt Nicholson is a young player who will never forget scoring 17 points on 7 of 7 shooting against UCLA in the second round of the tournament. You like that's a crucible. He's a different player now. 
And I know it's easy to be like, he, yeah, but look at his progression the whole season. You're absolutely right. He progressed incredibly all season long. It was a huge factor. But that's a crucible. You go in one side, you come out the other side. He'll step on the court next year and be like, I'm that dude. I'm that dude that went toe-to-toe with UCLA for an entire game and was a massive contributor on my team. And even guys like Barron, where, yeah, at the end of the day, his statistical contribution is small in the game. Barron's three to start that game was such a trendset, such a tone setter, where you're like, I mean, we're all like, my God, we've all been, it's like, it's like the road, the road of the entire season has led to this moment against this unbelievable two seed. And the first thing that happens is Robbie Barron comes out and hits a three. And it's just, everyone had something. Barry, who was not, you know, had an off night against UCLA, carried us against Boise. He was phenomenal. Um, and of course, Boo was. And then Barnheiser, you can look at the stats and be like, he had an off game against UCLA. I mean, the dude had Hakez in this game. Like, that was his assignment when he was on the court. And he played 31 minutes. And it's like everyone did their piece and everyone had something and right and everyone was like it's not enough we want more and it just it's you can't help but just be proud about every one of these guys and just the way like you said the way they represented northwestern in this tournament that that's the that's the piece that just speaks volumes to me and just like not only was this team just so much fun to root for because of the way they approached the season because because of the 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 surprise of this but also just like the way they played for each other the 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 coaches absolutely coaching their tails off from from the word go um before the season even started um the the transformation of boo the the defensive magic of of Adige, the you know the the development of all the players that you just mentioned John and the moments that everybody had throughout it just like is such a fun team to root for. I I enjoyed this season more than any other season that I've watched as a Northwestern fan since 1998, when right. you know when the you know Eschmeyer was um we we knocked off Michigan State in the first round of the Big Ten or or no we went toe to toe with Michigan State in the second round of the Big Ten tournament and almost knocked them off, which probably would have put them in the in the dance. I remember that. Um, yeah, as my so my, close. My intro to, but I was explaining my, my, I was out of town this weekend. I got back and uh, unfortunately not watching the Northwestern um, regional. I had a good time elsewhere, but um, I got back and my kids were like, oh, we're so sorry, dad, the Northwestern lost. I was like, guys, honestly, like this is literally the greatest of the 25 Northwestern basketball seasons I've ever watched. I could not be happier. I could not be more proud. I could, that, I'm so glad you said that because at the end of the game, as often happens and, and you know, a lot of you have had similar situations like this which is why you listen to this podcast my wife was treading lightly around me and i (laughs) and she's she's evaluating being like how's he taking this because i've seen him take things really badly before and i think she realized really quickly exactly no i had that different feel and you know how exactly how i felt the moment at the end when boo missed the layup and and the game was probably out of reach at that point but we were clinging to a straw right and clinging clinging desperately to a chance right and boo gets in and he goes up and he has a gimme layup and, and it just rims out and immediately my brain went and this is to all of you who are old enough to specifically remember this you'll know exactly what i'm talking about the rose bowl against usc and the end of the game when that game 
finally got out of reach for good. And they cut to Gary Barnett. And Gary Barnett had this smile on his face. And the smile was just like, well, that that's it. You know, this is the greatest thing I've ever been a part of in my life. And the road ends here. And I can't help but smile at this unbelievable journey we've all been able to get on. And I remember watching that. I watched that as a high school sophomore before I even knew that I was going to apply to Northwestern and go to Northwestern. I just remember watching that as a football fan, as a teenage football fan. That moment just being ingrained in my head of being like, oh, this is just unbelievable. There's a guy who realizes the unbelievable ride that that entire family has shared ends today. And that's how I felt when Boo missed that layup. I was like, okay, so here's where it ends. And we have all been so lucky to, to go on this journey, this journey. And yeah, at the end of the game, I was not, I mean, sure, did we want to win? Absolutely. But understand UCLA is viewed by everyone coming out of this game as either the third or fourth best team left in this tournament. And that's because look how good they looked against that Northwestern team. And, I mean, it's the ultimate compliment to the program. And, I'm, again, I'm just so well, proud of these guys. Well, that and there's a moment in that game and, and so much of, I think, the feelings I had. Like, to me, the second half was was gravy. And then, and, and, you know, you're down 10 at half against what was clearly a superior foe. Um, and, again, that's not to take anything away from our team. They certainly could have played hard that second half and lost this game by twelve, and we would have all been roughly in the same place. But I like for them to catch fire in that second half and and put up a fight. I, I called it heroic earlier. It's what I felt in the moment. You know, I, I stepped away from from my phone as we were getting situated at, at, at dinner, and I pulled it back out and I saw that it was tied at forty five, and just the immense amount of pride I had in that moment. It was, it was, un, it was incredible to, to experience that in the moment because even coming out of halftime, Northwestern nation was very much like, we believe, we believe you guys can do it. Let's go do it. No one, there was not a person who was like, ah, oh, down 10, here we go. Like everyone was like, that's not, it was like all of Northwestern nation decided that won't, that's, that will never be how we treat this. This team has just, you know, it was like, God, it, it, you felt it in in the, the broadcast of the game, too. The turnout was so great. Um, you mentioned earlier um, the, the the tweet. I, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing this, uh, but Chris Cascao, I believe, um, you like put up all those pictures that you were alluding to because of his experience and then yeah. what he was saying. And, and you just saw how many people turned out. I mean— if, if you want like famous Northwestern people, it was an absolute roll call. But if you just want the rank and file of Northwestern, it was a mob scene and you could hear it. Like you could hear the Northwestern fans going toe to toe with the UCLA fans and the dueling let's go cats and UCLA chants. We heard chicken sandwich the first time UCLA went to the line, which I was like, <laughs> holy cow, man, we're really representing out there. And I mean, it was, it was. And then that, that atmosphere when you heard that place coming alive, when that comeback was happening to tie it up. And I mean, yeah, as we said, right after that comeback happened, UCLA took a timeout and then they came out and they played for like 10, 15 seconds. And then there was a media timeout. So there was this huge stretch of time where nothing was happening right after we tied it up. 
And it was kind of like, take, take this moment, take this time, freeze where you are in this moment and, and just because you'll take it with you forever. And we all will take that with us forever. Well, I think, you know, I, it's important to at the same time, not say like, it's not like we're all like, Oh, hunky dory. We lost. Yay. Like there's, yeah, you know, no, I mean, I just, I think, they, I think like what you're hearing in our voices is just appreciation for this ride. We all got to go on this, they, this wholly they, unexpected ride. We all got yeah, to go and, on these last four they, months. Right. And they played awesome. And what more can you ask for? Yep. Right. I mean, that's the thing. They I mean, left that's, it all, we all out come there. out being, we all come out being like, UCLA is really good. <laughs> I think like that's everyone, everyone believes that. I think, you know, and, and to simultaneously be like UCLA looks so good, but we played so well and everyone saw it. Can't wait for and, them to join uh, the Big Ten. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. Gonna be, that's going to be a conference <laughs> matchup in a couple of years. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, like we'll, Mich- we'll get a lot more of that. Yeah. Michigan State, USC and Northwestern UCLA. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it, it was. And, and and I mean, again, I, we all. None of the three of us, because we fielded this question many times, none of the three of us are in the position where we're able to do that trip right now. I mean, it's the same reason none of us were in Ireland. Um, Just all of our kids are in that sweet spot right now. Um, But all the stories from everyone who was there and and it's just such a special experience. And and right. I mean, I, I again, I just to the feeling that this season ended the way it deserved to end and that these guys got to have the performance across two games in the tournament that they deserved to have um it is fantastic and and i guess in in the interest of of looking ahead and speaking to that lack of satisfaction obviously we're all waiting to find out what boo and chase are planning on well, doing uh, real quick before we go no, there, yeah real quick before yeah, yeah, we go yeah, yeah, there yeah. i want to i want to talk about the fans because i think mm-hmm. We we brought this up a few weeks ago. First of all, you mentioned it. Like you could hear Northwestern Nation both during that UCLA UCLA game, during the Boise State game. I thought the I thought the the, the fans sounded amazing during Boise State game. Boo talked about it in the post game of just like how meaningful it was to him and the other guys on the team to show up in Sacramento, see the Purple Army, um, the support that they have had all year. It is important important to note, and we talked about this earlier in the season that even in that 2016-2017 season I mean there was there was that Purdue game with CBS where you know we were finally through and it was a, a an absolute you know madhouse at at Well Shrine but previous to that you didn't have the same upswell of support on campus for this team and I just like the crowd has been there for what eight weeks now? Yeah, I mean, and the, since, oh yeah, the su- conference play. Yeah, the support has been there, and and it's it's been this growing dynamic movement. John, you talked about how uh, you know a lot of fans got to experience the new Welsh Ryan mm-hmm. in ways that they've never before. But I just it is the 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 culmination of that, seeing it, hearing it, feeling it through my television. Um, as it was happening in in Sacramento was was really special, and I think it, it it is yet another small way in which this season has been different and and more special than any other to date. Yeah, I mean, I I echo everything both you guys just said. I mean, it's it's been an incredible year, and you know, 
I, I, I don't really want to, I mean, John, you, you alluded to like the questions in the future and I kind of want to save that for, sure. for well, a later so, date. I mean, that, like it will buoy and, and chase come back. We don't well, know. So, like what, so, what's the transfer portal going to look like? We don't know a lot, you know, well, still tr- remains to be written here. Truth be told. So the only reason I was bringing that up was because I, I totally agree. And the other reason I was sort of bringing that up was to get to another point because I think so many people are focused on those two guys right now, but I think it's important for anyone who wants to look ahead to be like, well, regardless, I mean, my God, the development of a guy like Matt Nicholson from the start of the season to the end of the season, he's a different person. Like, I mean, I, you look at a guy like that, you look at Brooks who, I mean, we talked about like unleashing the bear and then he did halfway through the season and was that guy. And I mean, at the beginning of the game, like again, statistically, did it work out for him? No, in, in the, in the UCLA game was a lot of that, some goofy stuff that rolled off the rim from close range. Yes, it was, but it was just so clear that he, as soon as he came onto the floor, he wanted all of Hawkes at both ends. I want to guard him. I want to go at him. And it's like, and then Barry. Barry played 38 minutes in this game. The only one who played more was Boo. Um, And it's like, those dudes all took this massive leap this season. And they all, you look at these two tourney games, and they all played massive minutes in these games. And then even a guy like Nick Martinelli. I mean, we were talking on Twitter this is a guy who Northwestern was his best offer. And then, you know, he had Northern Illinois. He had some Mac offers, things like that. And here he is, a young guy playing against UCLA in the second round of the tournament. Um, and not like, oh, wow, Nick Martinelli's in? Like, like we're all used to him. We know what his contributions are. And it's like, just faith in those guys. And just, again, it's like, for anyone who's like getting that itch to look ahead, Start with the development of those of those young guys, and just the way that everyone on this team grew all season, and what that means, you know, going forward. Yeah, I mean, like I say, you know, there will be time to close the book on this season. Um, and I, I think for now, let's just let, let's, let's 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 leave it here. Um, you know, we'll we'll come back. We'll talk about next season. We'll talk about where this team goes. Uh, maybe next week or the week after. Um, I, I, can I can I just say something in the interest of the pivot that I know you want to make? If 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 the Northwestern basketball team had not played in the tournament this weekend, we would be having a knockdown drag out podcast about everything else that happened this weekend, and we're gonna try to do that now. If you or a loved one is seriously injured by someone else's negligence, hire Kent Simpson of the Simpson Law Group. After over a decade prosecuting murder cases in Chicago, Sinson opened his own firm focused on wrongful death and personal injury cases. He specializes in car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and other transportation accidents, as well as construction accidents, medical negligence, slip and falls, product liability, and more. Millions recovered for clients. No fee unless he wins. The Sinson Law Group. Compassion, empathy, and vigorous advocacy. Go to SinsonLawGroup.com or call 312-332-2107 for a free consultation and go cats. It was a it was a really incredible weekend uh for Northwestern sports. Um you know the the men's tournament, you know we we've spoken about that. Um and you know softball had 
a really, really good weekend. Uh, the Hall of Fame Classic in Oklahoma City, 4-1 and one on the weekend. And the one loss was to number one ranked Oklahoma, and that was a 2-1 to one score. Well, and important to note that the, the two of those four wins were also against a, a, a good ranked Auburn team. That yeah, 19th ranked Auburn. Yeah. It's... If I suppose you know this, this would not be a truly accurate way to say it. But you could, if you wanted to be simplistic, you could be like the special sauce that went into all of last year's season <clears throat> showed up massively this weekend um, because they beat the Auburn in those two close games. They barely lost to Oklahoma, and I mean it was a situation where Oklahoma was up two nothing. Uh, going into the the you know Northwestern's last at bats, and then was it? Oh God, I'm gonna screw this up. I feel like it was either Katie or Nito um, hit one, you know, solo shot right to start things off and pull the run back. And then we were like, oh my gosh, and it didn't end up happening, but we lost by one run. And then right, they swept Auburn, and then the, it, the weekend ended. They were down four nothing, entering the seventh inning against Weber State and plated six with two outs in the seventh to win six to four. I mean, it's just, it's it's everything you remember from last season. They hit their stride in, in absolute, just incredible fashion. Yeah, I mean, the, the just the, the finish to that, that Weber State game was, was wild. And yeah, Weber State is up for nothing going into the, the seventh inning. And like you said, John, you know, putting six across, you know, Jordan Rudd uh, with a, a clutch double you know, at the end of the game to to take the lead. It was, it, and, was a, it was great. And it echoes right everything that we said about the basketball team getting down 10 at the half, right? And it's just like some teams have the heart and they don't know how to quit, right? And that's the thing is like this team – I mean, we all know from last season, we know what this team's about. We know the soul of this team, and they're they're never going to go away ever. But, I mean, you get these reminders of that, you know, and just w- what this team is capable of. And then, right, I mean, the— And, and that, that comeback came after Rudd's walk-off two-run shot against right. Auburn earlier that day. <laughs> I mean, it it's so unbelievable— um, in the case, or I guess the, I think the Auburn game was, were they both, the the Auburn game was Saturday, I think. Um, oh. It's also, it's also crazy no, because. No, that was, that was, oh yeah, were that they was both, Saturday. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, regardless, I mean, it's, it's funny because I think we're all aware, and a lot of you were aware even listening to this, Hoops just eclipsed everything this weekend to an extent. I mean, and there's, you know. There's no explanation needed for that. This was an absolute historic moment for Northwestern basketball, and the eyes of the the entire nation were upon us. Um, but it it really is, you know, from now on, we're going to be pivoting directly hardcore to these unbelievable spring sports teams. And it was almost like softball was picked the perfect time to be like, yeah, remember how special this team is? Well, it's like, here you go. It's like, here's what we're capable of. Here's how we grab your hearts and minds, um, which is perfect because they're coming home, right? Um, as we record this on, we're recording this the night of the 20th, back at the J tomorrow, um, March March 21st in the afternoon, um, they're playing UIC. But I mean, it's just so, so 
hopefully they'll get the hero's welcome that they deserve. I mean, the one other thing worth really calling out is that Danielle Williams had a vintage Danielle Williams weekend. Um, Something like 0.55 ERA, two wins, um, just absolutely dominated in the two games that she pitched. And that is, you know, that kind of performance is, you know, she, she struggled to, to find that form at the beginning of the year and to have her dealing the way that she's dealing to have Cami Henry playing the way she's playing, um, Suple and, uh, Boyd, like just that, like we've talked about it for several weeks now, you're starting to see the, the strength and the depth that this rotation brings on a, you know, full weekend basis. And, and we are going to launch that fully operational battle station at the big 10 in three game series. And I don't know how, how anybody's going to score. Like, it's going to be awesome. I, I don't either. And I'm glad you brought it up. Cause the, the one thing that I had meant to brought to bring up was I watched that Auburn game, the first Auburn game on Friday. And it was kind of a weird situation with the broadcast. Like there was a free broadcast and it was from the USA softball feed. It was an announcerless broadcast from a fixed angle um, from the Oklahoma City field, which is site of the Women's Cultural Series, um, looking down from on high from above home plate. So it was almost like you were seated up in the press box looking down and you could see the whole field, but it was a fixed angle. So you looked the whole field. But what you could see was a perfect top-down angle of Danielle Williams pitching. And oh my Lord, when you have the ability to totally track the pitch from above as it was coming in, then you get a feel for everything she's putting out there. It just inside, outside, just the change in velocity on the change up where it's like unbelievable. It's like it stops halfway to the plate. Um, and just you see the way she's painting the corners out there when she's dialed in and you just kind of like, how, how does, and discuss this point, how does anyone, how is anyone in the Big Ten going to deal with this? Um, let alone what the rest of the battery is going to be bringing out there. So yeah, also on Sunday, um, in front of a sold-out crowd <laughs> at Ryan Fieldhouse, lacrosse, looking to avenge their uh, national championship loss to North Carolina, uh, number one ranked North Carolina coming in to our house, and the Cats taking care of business, thirteen to nine. Great, great dub. Just what what can you say? This is the third number one team that has been hosted at Northwestern in the past, what, two months, three months? Right. Yeah. It's been a good 2023. <laughs> We've beaten all of them. Yep. Um, this was not a one, a one goal nail biter. This was a game that Northwestern grabbed by the teeth from the get go. I think they, I think they were up three, nothing. Um, I don't know for a fact that they never relinquished the lead, but it is it it felt like they never relinquished the lead. They never they, relinquished the lead. They I just had North Carolina on the ropes the Carolina, whole game. Carolina got as close as 10-8 and then we dusted them. Yeah. Um I like this team Skane continues to be dominant. She she is leading the NCAA with 7 goals scored per game. Second place is 5 it's that's ridiculous it's bonkers um the goaltending has been good 
the, the team is finding their way on draw controls. Um, Madison Taylor, true freshman. Um, uh, I want to say Shannon, but it's not Shannon. Uh, Smith is, is, um, I think is the primary draw control, but then Madison Taylor has been a huge, uh, change up there who has also scored a ton of goals. Um, you've Samantha got, Smith. Samantha Smith. Thank you. You've got, um, Aaron Koykendall who made the ESPN top 10 for her just obscene behind the back goal in this game against North Carolina. Like it is, I'm a Monty firing away. Like you just like, you have so, so, so much firepower on this team and it is coming together. We, we, we said it either last pod or two pods ago, John, you said the words like, we know we have the best player in the country. Izzy Skeen is the best player in the country, bar none. Whether or not we have the best team in the country is something that we're going to figure out over the next few weeks, folks. We're right there. We're, we're a yeah. one goal loss from, from Syracuse to start the season away from being undefeated and top of the sport. Yeah. They're and you know, a- after after the rankings came out today, you know, we're sitting at number two. Yep. And I mean and I mean again, it's two because of I mean we were joking about it because 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 we're joking. Because it's like, right, we're all guilty of home field bias. We'd have it no other way, right? I mean it's like cats till <laughs> cats till we die. But it's because I mean it's like we have like several notable tight wins on our roster too, but it's a one goal loss to Syracuse that is effectively keeping us out of the number one spot in the nation. Um, the, I give shout out to uh, Dick Harmon, who's someone who I, a listener follows us on Twitter, a Northwestern lacrosse fan um, came up with the, he called Koykendall the conductor of the skein train and the conductor is a sweet nickname for someone who's absolutely doing that out there so and this is this is the kind of team where multiple people you've got the skein train you also have the conductor out there and it's like when the conductor and the state the skein train are both kicking like you're not going to stop them we should also mention too and I'm not exactly sure whether it was an injury situation or a transfer rule situation, but we have this massive transfer for Mercer, Haley Radigan, who yeah, came, yeah, yeah. came on kind of midway through the, the season so far and has been a massive impact performer um, as soon as she came on. And then it's like, hey, you're talking about a grad transfer providing massive leadership and massive support um, that's basically throwing even more firepower on, onto what this team, to Scuzz's point, onto what this team is doing. And I mean, it's like, they are, I mean, th- there's the other piece of it too, where it's like, yeah, close win against Boston College, close loss to Syracuse. Those were two of the first three games of the season. And if you add those together, it's net even. Goals given up and goals scored across those two games, with one win, one loss. But part of me wants to be like, can we take this team and take it back there? Because Northwestern's like beating the tar out of teams. Northwestern just Northwestern's played the number one and number four teams in the country in the last three games and won both of those games handily. Not 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 to um, overuse the train analogy, but this team is is like a locomotive just flying down the track right now. The the momentum the 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 start to the season. This, this team did not look the same. And you saw, you know, Izzy had a couple games that she took off. Um, I just, I th- they've, they're coming together in a way and dominating play in a way now, playing with, with confidence and um, uh, chemistry. It, it, it's, it's, 
it's spectacular. And, um, you know, they, they, they've, they've got plenty of tough teams still to come. Um, Maryland being probably the, the biggest of those as they're going to get another shot to take on a, a top, you know, top flight opponent before we get to postseason uh, excitement. But um, this like this is appointment viewing, folks, the, for the next three months, two and, months. I mean, we're, we're talking so much about skiing in the offense, but like let's let's shout out the defense. Uh, they haven't given up more than 10 goals since February. The end that, of February against that, Marquette, you know, the twenty-one fourteen win have not given up ten goals since then. Well, that includes playing the number four and number one teams in the country. Yes, right. and you could even ex- held them to eight and nine. You could even extrapolate from that too and be like, we beat the brakes off of Marquette, and you could. I mean, it's like that game was utter destruction, and Marquette scored a lot of goals, but I mean, it's like. The amount of goals we were pouring in in that game, that game's kind of an outlier. And then you look at the other three games where teams reached double figures. For anyone who watched that Notre Dame game, that Notre Dame game was really weird. Because as we discussed on the pod, up until really like the last minute, minute and a half, we were annihilating them. And then, I, you know, I think we made a bunch of subs, but then the team sort of took their foot off the gas because the game was long since decided. And Notre Dame grabbed a bunch of goals at the very end that ultimately didn't really have an effect on the result. So Four goals in, in the last two minutes. Right. So, like, to Sam's point, like, this team was playing good D, and now they're just absolutely just locked in. You're right. Um, yeah, like Scuzz said, locomotive there. And, and the, the crazy thing, too, that's so awesome is you can almost look at this as a, a perfect bit of timing because this incredible basketball season is wrapping up right as softball's coming back to the J and right as lacrosse is heading outside because the home games, at least as scheduled from this point on, we'll see, you know, barring weather. But, you know, at the end of March, really less than a week from now, they're uh, they're gonna they're gonna be outside. They're gonna be out on the lake, Martin Stadium. So, it's it's just exciting. It's exciting that this is all this pivot, and and the eyeballs of NU Nation are all gonna be going here at, at this point. Yeah, we got a con- conference game at Johns Hopkins uh, on Thursday, and as you as you mentioned, coming home, heading outside to take on Stanford on Sunday, and. Uh, than at Penn State on the next Thursday. So, uh, you know, couple game, you know, good games coming up. Um, plenty of opportunities to get out to the lakeside, and uh, and check them out. And you know, it's gonna be gonna be fun. And you know, the, it's uh, like you said, you know, spring season. The the ladies really take center stage, and with softball and lacrosse just both playing amazing ball. Right now, it, it's, you know, we can keep the wave. You know, we can keep riding the wave of positivity coming off the basketball season into the spring and uh, and ride that all the way into summer. I mean, to your point, right? I mean, it's it's barely, what, two weeks ago? Less less than that? I'm like, my brain's barely working now. That the video was coming out of that line going into Norris to score Big Ten tournament tickets and how just like, Stunning it was, but incredible it was to see this massive group. Well, I mean, like, 
you've all been bathed, you, you students, you've all been bathed in the magic waters, the waters that, you know, that we all experienced, that Sam got to experience as a, right, like as a freshman, Citrus Bowl season, um, that Scuzz and I got our junior year, that it's like, you dip in those waters, you don't come back out. It, it changes you. And you've all been there. So roll it right into softball and lacrosse. Like you've, you're all, all of you who are waiting in that line to get into Norris, like get to the J. The softball team's phenomenal. Get out to Martin Stadium, pack that place. Like you guys have got the fever now, like go put it to use. And, and let's see if we can make home field apparel have to change their lacrosse shirt to add another star to it. That's right. There you go. <laughs> uh, real, real quick before we go, uh, you know, we haven't really talked about the rest of the, uh, the men's or women's uh, basketball tournaments, but there is one other tournament that uh, is kind of near and dear to all of our hearts. Um, we're not going to break it down completely, but that is the ice hockey at the frozen four. NCAA tournament is, is live. Uh, opening rounds are this weekend. Um, you've got four Big Ten teams, uh, Minnesota, Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State, all making uh, the dance. Uh, you've got the finals. Uh, the Frozen Four is happening in Tampa uh, this this week or this year. Um, and, you know, we we love the the hockey tournament, and it's just so much fun. Um because for people who aren't familiar with how we handle the tournament, take us through the uh, the ridiculousness. Yeah, so um, this is single elimination hockey, which is um, Ludic- bonkers ludicrous. If you've yeah. ever watched hockey, like this is this is not like basketball where you know each team gets the opportunity to shoot the ball what forty fifty times during a game, and some of those go in and some of them don't. I mean, I guess you could have 40 or 50 shots a game in hockey, but you're talking about like a game that will hinge on the puck bouncing oddly off of a skate and then hitting a round pipe and going into the, into the goal versus not, um, single elimination hockey is, is, is like stupid fun and ridiculous. Um, so as a result for, I don't know, a couple decades now, I've been running a, a, a little pool for some of our friends and, uh, we get after it. It's a, it's a good time. Um, we have a trophy. Uh, it is, it is residing in New Orleans right now. Um, I apologize. We're not going to open this up to the masses cause I do this manually. There's no, there's no NCAA hockey software. Unlike, uh, <laughs> many of the basketball <laughs> pools you all participate in, but, um, it is a lot of fun. And of course, as you know, as you, as you might imagine, we don't pay a ton of attention to this sport until this time of year. Um, there are a lot of regional, uh, biases at play, uh, especially if like me, you're from, you hail from the state of Minnesota, the, that calls itself the state of hockey. The state of Michigan also calls itself the state of hockey. And those, uh, uh, in the East coast, especially around the Boston region have, um, strong feelings about those two things. So you have a lot of regionality. Uh, it makes for, for a fun tournament. You also have some schools, some teams that you don't typically see Merrimack, Canisius, Canisius, yeah. uh, Canisius. Thank you. Um, uh, Cornell, Colgate, Colgate, Michigan tech. Does anybody even, have you ever even heard of Michigan tech before they're all in this tournament? Um, I will note this tournament this year is particularly going to be fun for, for, uh, uh, one particular reason. Many of the name brand schools that have appeared in this tournament for years and years and years and years, the Notre Dame's North Dakota's, um, 
Boston colleges, none of those schools are in here. Miami of Ohio is a, is a, is a constant player in this, um, not in this year, Wisconsin, no Wisconsin. Um, so this is, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be fun. Cause you got, a, you got some new faces. You got Penn state as a two seed. The ones are all pretty, you know, pretty standard, but you got Harvard in as a two seed. Um, I, so, you know, it's the sort of thing where like just crazy crap happens. Ones lose all the time. One seeds lose all the time. And it's just, you know, you never know. You never know what you mean. I, I see Penn State's in there. So I, I assume Penn State has some center who just kind of like uses his stick to ram everybody else out of the way and then kind of like backs himself <laughs> down the ice. Does he like push yeah, I don't does know. he we'll, push we'll, the goalie out of out of the way and then push the puck into the net? Is that how it works? We'll find out if, if Penn State is also playing be- uh, football on ice. Uh, I'll tell you for me. Per- it, it, no, go ahead, Sam. It's wild. Now, Penn State is playing uh, in the uh, Allentown, PA regional. So, I mean, it's basically home ice for Penn State in a in a regional that Michigan is the number one seed. Yeah, it happens. It's, They're probably the host. It's, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's funny. I'll tell you what's different for me about this because I'll tell you, I'll tell you Looking across all of these brackets, all these hockey teams, I'll tell you who has the best uniform, and that's the Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, Hell yeah. And <laughs> I think for me, a little bit of this of the flavor is different because really, I mean, obviously, Sam and Scuzz, if you guys follow the pod, you all know that like Sam and Scuzz are big time hockey guys, and I'm always the person just trying to catch up. But I feel like over the past year in particular... You're going on UMass Lowell every Yeah, well, year. of course. If, I mean, obviously, I'm just going to back the Massachusetts teams. But even, I say, over the past year especially, we've really started to cultivate a relationship with the Northwestern ice hockey team. And the Northwestern ice hockey team's a club team. Um, it's not a varsity team. But they're a really serious team. It, for all of you, I think, on Twitter, you're all very familiar with the fact they have ungodly good uniforms. Um, they are all-time Northwestern threads of, of any kind across any sport. Um, and it's just cool. It, it's funny, though. It, it's it's enough to make me be like, oh, God, Michigan's in here, Penn State's in here, Ohio State's in here, Minnesota's in here. Where's Northwestern? Come on. Where are those sweet unis? I want to see those out. Uh, but in, but at least at least in the short term, in the near term, we'll have to content ourselves with having a, a, a very good club team with unbelievable uniforms. Let me just take this opportunity once again to say <laughs> I Northwestern needs to make men's and women's hockey a varsity sport. It it's beyond due. Um, you know, we we have the facilities to make it happen. Let's go. Come on. We all saw the basketball we all saw Welsh Ryan during basketball season. That but hockey. We've all been to the Madhouse on Madison. Like just that butt hockey. Come on. Uh, anything else to mention before we get out of here tonight, guys? What a weekend. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. What a weekend. Yeah. What, what a weekend. And uh, again, so glad, the, you know, that Northwestern Nation was able to share this together because we've talked to so many people and we know so many people, whether it be like a Jay from like the posts or again, a Chris, Cas- I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Chris Cascaio, who... We've had a lot of interaction with on Twitter, but his thread coming out of the the game, the second game was just great and just captured the feeling of everybody who was there. And yeah, we all shared it together. And that's what makes this family just so special. 
Uh, so with that, we'll go ahead and leave it there for tonight. Uh, head to our website, westlawpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at westlawpirates. And email the show, westlawpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us in the West Lot of Brian Field flying the red pirate flag, because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Skazby, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.